The tenth board is a fictionalised account of the St Hilda's Pit disaster in 1839. It is performed by the Hive Radio Storytellers. Wait and see, Robbie. Can you stop finger dancing on that phone? One day you'll find it stuck to them. Oh, Granda, I want an ice cream. What day is it? Friday. Why? The date, I'll tell you. June the 28th. Listen. Granda? Shh! Granda? Shh! Why do you stand all stiff and not move with... This old pocket watch. Follow me. But where we're going? You'll see. Granda! Wait for me! We're going somewhere you've never been before. See Asda and the tall building behind? It's where miners worked a long time ago. If those bricks could speak, they'd tell of scenes that would make you weep. Cave-ins, roof falls, gas explosions. Tell us. Go on. It's Thursday, June the 27th, 1839. The day before the explosion. Should have had a lay-in, Gracie. Aye. Could have got me one bit. I'm not ill. And you're working a double shift. A piece of currant cake. Oh. Go on, then. Love you, Gracie Argyle. Get away with you, Tom. So, bread, coffee, currant cake and an apple pasty. Best hurry. And you're blind with me like the end of a house. All the more to love. You'll be late. Don't want to be fined by the new viewer. He, I met his wife in the butchers. Maggie Mulligan likes to be called Mrs Anderson now. Should have heard her. Excuse me, she says. Fancy as you like. Is that meat off? She meant off. Eee, Liza Elstop's face. We couldn't get out of the shop for laughing. Aye, <laughs> uh, trying to be a cut above, eh? <laughs> Mr Anderson's alry, though. He's fair. No scrubbing the step, mind, you hear? I hear. Tom, make up with your da. Oh, do you want us to die in the pit? Don't say that. He only wants the best for you. Mm. Besides, it's your ma's birthday tomorrow. Well, can't not go round. He wants me to be a deputy like him. Cannot see outside the pit. But I've ideas, Gracie. You know I have. I know. But sailboat dreams aren't going to feed this bin. Oh, not you too. Tom, I hate you being miles underground. It's not natural. And your dad said something about poor ventilation... The women talk about men killed at Jarrah and Wool's End and... It's nout. Our pit smell. Yeah, Da doesn't think it's nout. Well, he's getting too old, worries too much. We stopped working the tenth board weeks ago. <sighs> St Hilda's is safe. We don't even need lamps where we are. Use candles instead. Too much talk like this, getting round and you'll have men refusing the gandal. <gasps> the money? Ah, well, George Calvert, you know, Bobby's da, lives ten doors down, says I might be taking on boatyard mm. workers in Sunderland. Could learn some skills there, mate. Sunderland? That foreign place? What does he know? 
keeps his ear to the ground. Once more for his little bob than twelve hours in the dark every day. You're going to be late. Here's your bait. Love you, Thomas Argyle. Love you, Gracie. Grandad, this is Tom and Gracie. She expecting a man. There's something to do with us, aren't they? They're everything to do with us, Robbie. And you in particular. Really? What's this? Read the sign, lad. St. Helm's Pithead. It's tall. Uh, what's a pithead? Do the teacher know to that school? It's where miners went into cages and down the pit. Let's go in. Pit? Aye. A black hole straight to hell, where men hewed coal to keep people warm. Warm? We just flick a switch. They dug for black diamonds, coal. Hot, dusty, cramped, no toilets, miles underground, some pits even under the sea. See those double cages? Men squashed in like sardines. Why are we here, Grandel? Because it's time. Listen, it's the next day, Friday, June the 28th, 1839. Morning, pet. Stubborn old fool. Is, Edith, is that the way to greet your husband when he wakes? It is when he can't see the obvious. And watch your clumsy feet. Don't want to wake up the bairns. I see someone's both there. Many happy returns, pet. If you think bagging me a shawl will bring me round, you're sorely mistaken. No, no, pet. Don't you pet me, Joseph Argyle. Your men may put up with your ways at the pit, but I don't have to. And he worked double shifts to buy that lovely watch for Christmas. So this is because of war, Tom? Because of him and Gracie, who's due any day with our first grandchild. Well, I'm not back in Dune. No. Well, as we don't have a maid like the Andersons, don't expect any dinner till you do. Oh, Edith, you wouldn't wish Bessie Bun on anyone. Come on, pet. I mean it, Joe. I've obeyed you all my married life, but this... You've been in a bad mood ever since you were turned down for the viewer's job. Well, Bill Anderson's your boss now, and our poor Tom's had to bear the brunt. You don't want your son to be a hero all his life. He could be a deputy oofman like me. I don't want him in the pit. Never wanted it. Look, there's no else run here for the likes of him. You knew that when he was seven. And it broke my heart. Please, the rest were lasses. Oh, ye just look around you. It's the same for everyone in Templeton. Not those with money. Not the Brandlin brothers, who offer a pittance for the honour of working in their pit. Kept rough with our old heads and fed nine bins. Can't you see what I see, Joe? Lads with a life sucked out of them. Look at George Hall, always on the drink. And Ada Longstaff's man, limps to work with their two bins. Lord knows what's wrong with him. Our Tom still got that spark. You had it too when we first met. How oh, well, that's clever. I've got spark. Don't I go on about Davy lamps and that we should have two shafts? Haven't I warned everyone about a tent board? Well, haven't I? Sailboats. <laughs> right. You can get the bends ready as it's your day off. I'm going to Tom's. See if Gracie needs anything. But what about me dinner? Turn me into a nose meal.
This Edith and Joe, they're Argyle's too, and they're arguing. Everyone argues, Robbie. Even your gran and me. And you and Mum, I don't like it. Why can't Tom make sailboats, and who are the Brandlins? Brandlins? Three brothers, and all of us have seen Hilda's pit. If you'd just like to come and see for yourselves, sirs. It's what we pay you for, Anderson, to inspect. Make safe, right, William? John? Of course, Robert. John? Spot on, old man. Argyle says it should be <laughs> ventilated, sir. Careful, Anderson. Don't make me think I appointed the wrong viewer. I'm the right man for the job, sir. Oh, yes. The tense board hit a fault. That's all. You pulled everyone out. It's safe. This Argyle. He's deputy overman. Worked here since the main opened, sir. I remember surly, dark fellow. Interviewed him for your job. Didn't like him. Anything else? He's a hard worker, sir. Knows this main like the back of his hand. Says poor ventilation in other mains has resulted in explosions. If he's worried... Has he proof that one follows the other? Thought not. Just hearsay. <laughs> Mounting out of a molehill. William, he might have a point. You have cleared the area. We haven't worked the tenth board for weeks, sir. There you are, then. No risk. What is the tenth board exactly? We work a system called board and pillar, sir. We hew out the coal and make tunnels which cross each other. That's the board. Each one's given a number. The pillars are blocks of coal which remain between the boards to support the roof. Simple, sir. Mm, is it? Perhaps we should inspect this tenth board, Robert. Anderson just needs to keep the rest of the mine working. That's all we ask. Well said, William. Something? Spit it out, man. I've business in Newcastle. Argyle's experience, sir, says he has a bad feeling. But you assured us you've made it safe. Move the men, yes? <laughs> Won't do to let it be known you're scared, eh, gentlemen? <laughs> yes, sir. Tell Argyle to keep his mouth shut and don't share this with the men. I see James Mathers on his way. You've made me late for my meeting, Anderson. Good day to you. And you, sir. Morning, gentlemen. Your brother's off for a gallop, I see. Uh, late for a meeting, didn't he say, William? In Newcastle. Shouldn't you be at our mine, Anderson? Good day, sirs. Must have been important, this meeting. Oh, very. Wasn't it, John? Absolutely. Very. I see. A pity he hadn't time to inform me, as we'd agreed a meeting today at 8.30. Be assured he left his profuse apologies, sir. Absolutely. Please inform him I'm disappointed not to have met with him. And, by the way, I'd be most grateful if you could see your way to settling your account. You insult us, sir. I mean no disrespect, Mr William. I merely want the payment for 12 casks of burgundy I delivered to your door a year ago. By God, sir, you go too far. Be assured we'll order no more from you. William. That may be well, sir, but the bill must be paid or I go to court. Good day, Mr John. Mr William. Who said he'd paid it? That his business in Newcastle wears a petticoat. Damn him! I'll tear his ears off for this. 
Sorry, Maggie. Been up early to see the Brandlings. Didn't want to wake you. Brandlings? You tossed and turned all night, Mr Anderson. Mr Anderson? New managerial position. A viewer. Showed your family. You're talking funny, pet. Talking. We have a position now. People expect it. So, the Brandlings. What do they say? Uh, usual. Gossip is. One drinks. One gambles, and the youngest puts up with the other two. At least no one's in them workings. Workings. Are you going to eat that breakfast, or shall I tell the maid? Skivvy. To remove it. Did you have to take her on? You're a viewer now. It's expected. But Bessie Burridan... She's not the full house. I'll give you that. But there's a window open somewhere... Besides, she costs less than the other girls. Beatings. Overdone. Cremated. Now look what you've done. Children, get washed and dressed. Yesterday, your egg was runny. The day before, your soldiers were stale. Is there anything that suits you? Aye, you do, Maggie. When you're in a temper, you suit me very well. Now come here, lass. Shh! Shall hear. And it's Mrs. Anderson, or I'll do no such thing. We agreed Saturdays, remember? Oh, come on, Maggie. Don't hold me to that. Mrs. Anderson. And how many more mouths can your wages feed? We're just getting comfortable. Borodin? Borodin! <laughs> Ma'am? The children. <laughs> Ma'am? See to come them. On, come on, come on, come on. <laughs> I'm cooking. God preserve us. Now! I'm a married man. I have rights. Gave those up when I had four children in six years. Now, okay, look woodied. Well, not back to that pit again. It's like having the co-face in my dining room. Told him I'd sort it. But you're the viewer. He works for you. He knows this man. Their brandlings must know the dangers. Tell Argyle they wouldn't listen. And that makes me look good, doesn't it? Oh, and we can't have that, can we? And you sound like you have a ball in your mouth. <laughs> Borodin! You've humiliated me in front of our maid, Mr Anderson. There's nothing wrong with wanting to rise in this world. As long as you keep your boots on the ground, Maggie, I've had enough of this Mr Anderson and maid malarkey. <laughs> When I'm back tonight, I expect to hear the wife I married and not some pretentious prig. Ah! Understand? Yes. Maggie? I pet. What's that awful smell? It's like kippers and old socks. Something's burning. Coming from the scullery. Bessie! Bells, bells! I told Anderson to tell them. Damn him, I told him. Oh, Joe, Tom could be hurt, and Grace is in labour. I passed. Florrie Gibson came flying out the door. Oh, Ben and, and her two are all right. Calm down, Edith. Take deep breaths. In, out, in, out. That's it. No tears. I need it to be strong as always. Tom needs to be calm, and so does Gracie. I'll look for Tom. You take the bairns stay in Mars and sit with Gracie. You'll find him, Joe. Save our lad. Bring him home. Aye. Now go. 
Chris will need you. Joe. Aye. I'm sorry. What I said about your dinner. I'll bring him back here, love, no matter what. Come home safe. I don't want to lose both of you. Take care. Do you hear me, Joe Argyle? I love you. And I've always loved you, Edith. Oh, Joe. Joe. Dear Lord, help us all. Tom! Tom! Anyone seen Tom or Gail? Someone? Anyone? He's taller than me, same build, fair hair, brown eyes. Where's Bill Anderson? The viewer. Where's down with the youngest Mr. Brandon? I'm James Mather, by the way. Joe Orgail, Deputy Uvman. What the hell happened? Don't know. I was in my warehouse. Heard the buzzer, dropped everything and ran here. Those on bank said the machinery stopped and they saw smoke. Tried shouting, nothing. Then they heard a yell and set the machinery going again. Look, there's men coming out of the pit. Poor devils need help. Tried to warn them, can't see our tongue, but it was fire damp. What? Can't see, smell or taste it. It's in the air. It creeps up on you, causes explosions. And you all work here knowing this? Families have to eat. It's carnage here. I'll work this one's arms. You have a go with that lad. Must be about a hundred, no. Floy? Joe, have you seen my husband and the Benz? Tom's only nine, he'd be frightened. And Richard's just sixteen. Ben always promised if anything happened, he'd get to them. Floy, don't go among them. Some are. Floy! Oh, oh, God! That's my Thomas and his star. Help them, someone! Help them! He, he said it was safe. That good Methodist and Thomas preaches sermons every Sunday. Why? God, why? Bet it was those trappers falling asleep. It's nice old stuff, isn't it? Yeah. Now let's get you off your knees. There we are. You stand with us over there. Don't want to get in the way, do you? No. Duh! Duh! That's my duh! Mr. Argyle, he's not moving. Why is he not moving? I told him to leave his pipe at home. Right, son. Mrs. Elstrom will look after you, won't you, Henny? Yes. Let me look after you, Da. Sorry, Bobby. Mrs. Elstrom, best keep the lad with you. Hold me hand, pet. We'll pray together. This one's some life in him. Good man. What's your name? <coughs> George. Oh, oh, Williams. God, eh, we're awful. George, have you seen out of my son Tom? Tom or Gail? Yeah, sub some water. There you go. One minute working on the stone. Next, couldn't see anything for smoke and coal dust. Mr. Argyle. What happened, man? A, a, a blower. An explosion. About a mile and a half in by. I just ran. Viewer should have known. Near the 10th board? I don't know. Didn't stop to look. Can't breathe. <laughs> Sorry, Mather. You'll have to deal with him. I've got to find out what Tom. You men, I'm forming a rescue party. Are you in? Follow me. Someone, anyone, take over here. Wait for me. Ah, damn prop. Good God, is that a pony? Mate, how you gone? His body's all over. 
I'm all right, just my shoulder. You in charge of the rescue party? I'm John Brandling. Oh, I. I'm looking for my son, sir. Tom Argyle. Careful. Now see what you've done. Marked my sleeve. The soon was. Have you seen him, sir? Stocky. Looks a bit like me. No. Argyle. Mr. Anderson spoke highly of you. Sir, now if you'll excuse me. Damn awful business, this. We did all we could, you know. No, sir. You didn't, if you'll pardon me for seeing. Mr. Anderson did warn you, didn't he? Not that I remember. Oh, aye. Did you ventilate the tent board? If we'd had Davy lamps, some pits don't make doing men like us. Davy lamps cost. At least I'm down here trying to help. And your brothers? Too little, too late, sir. You owners need to put men's safety before fancy hooses. My brother was right. You're surly and insolent. You can take your labour elsewhere. Can I now? I'm here to find me son and save lives. Now get out me way, Brandlin. Who's back there? James Mather. Didn't realise what sort of hellhole this is. What's your step, man? It's dead and dying, I know. You two, help me get these men out. This shouldn't happen. There has to be an answer to this slaughter. Ask Brandlin. <coughs> Needs an investigation, a scientific study. And by God, I'll set one up. Good for you, sir. Tom's not amongst these. Be careful, in case the air gets worse. I'll have to find me son, sir. Watch out! <coughs> Mr. Anderson, is that you, man? Aye, damn this dust. <coughs> damn you, man, I warned you. And I warned the Brandlins. Have you men with you, Argyle? Good. We can't get past this rock fall. Lend a hand, will you? <coughs> We're going in near the roof. Is my Tom with you? <coughs> Tom, get back. Careful, men. <coughs> He'll be finishing his double shift. <coughs> Is that you? Oh, thank God. You need to get yourself away, yam lad. <coughs> I can't be. I need it here. <laughs> My marrows are behind this ball. After that, Mr. Anderson, sir, you know, be in the air after an explosion. He's chewing it, and he's done a double shift. On top of slaving here, look at him, he's done in. <coughs> uh, we're all done in. His wife's having the first bang, man. Gracie. Right. <coughs> Tom, you men, get back to bank. The rest of you, with me. Coming, da. I'll find your mother's lad. Get yourself away, you empty bed. <coughs> Tell him I'll be back once all the men are out. Bye, da. Mind you, I won't be the first on that sailboat. You will be, da. I promise. Gracie, Gracie. Thank God you're safe, son. Gracie's fine, having lovely strong contractions. Where are the bains? At Granny's. You look all in, lad. Have some tea. There's hot water in this bowl. Clean yourself up or she'll think the devil's come to call. Did your dad find you? Aye. She's not had the bane yet. Oh, it'll be hours. What do you expect with the first? How is it at the pit? It's... 
there's about a hundred got out. But some are in a bad state, Ma. I must see Gracie. Only a few minutes, mind. There's dead? Aye. Maybe about thirty or forty. Some died in the explosion, others foul air. May the Lord have mercy on their souls. And your da? Working with the rescue teams. Tom? They've been a rock fall. Tom? Gracie, love. I'm here. Men, think babies pop into the world in seconds. Lord, look after Gracie and this baby. And please look after my jaw and all those in the mine. Not much to ask. Says her waters are broken. Oh, I'll say to her. And the rock fall? Mara's are behind it. I don't think... Dar stayed to help dig them out. You left them? Give me that cloth. I've worked a double shift. Mr Anderson ordered us out. And you went? String and that knife? Dar told me about Gracie. I had to go. Gracie! You're white as a milk pudding now, Tom. Here, put some honey in your tea. I have to go to her. No, stay here. This is women's work. Gracie and me will birth this bairn together. Ma. Don't worry, son. I should know how after nine. Now, boil that water. Towels. I need more towels. More water and some cloths. Oh, God. Oh, God. Gracie! She's well. And you've a son, our Tom. Shares my birthday. Hey, Ma, and all the worrying about the pain. Don't worry. Gracie gave me the gloves. But this little one's an even better present. Reminds me of you, round the eyes. Here you are. Never have hours passed by so slow. <laughs> A strong little fella, mm. isn't he? Mm -hmm. Love you, Gracie. Love you, Tom. What are you doing, Ma? Going to the pithead. There's women in bairns will need my help now. I'd have stayed, Ma, but... I know, son, I know. But your job is to look after Gracie and this little man. Dear Lord, look after Joe. Keep him safe. Please keep him safe. Our Father, which art in heaven, hallowed be thy name. You'd be a long past. It's a nightmare. No place for bairns. Pleased I took mine to me mum's. Gracie's had a baby, a boy, with a grandson, Mrs Anderson. Have you seen my Joe? No. No heard from my Bill. Been hours and they're still carrying them out. Aye, well, no news is, you know, Mrs Anderson. Aye. A new life. And such a terrible day. Congratulations. And it's Maggie. Since when? Stand back. Let the carts through. 
Who's that? James Mather. Wine merchant. Has a warehouse by the river. Don't know what I'll do. Bill, he'll be fine. You'll see. Want you to make his favourite meals? He'll be fine. No sign of the Brandons, I suppose. Only the youngest, Mr John. Looks like a frightened rabbit. I don't know. I don't know what to do. Ada. It's Ada Longstaff. What's wrong, Henny? They say they're dead, Edith. But they can't be. Not all three. Oh, dear. Set up the bait like I always do. Marmalade for Billy and his dad. Jam for James. Youngest always has to be different, see? Ada. George never had a bad word to say about anyone. Why take him and both my lads? Nine and eleven. Good honest bairns. The Lord giveth and he... But why? Edith, none of us know why, Edith. Come here, pet. The vicar's over there. Lean on me. That's it. I know. I know it's hard. Edith, take her on. Vicar! Vicar! That's it, Edith. Vicar will know what to do. Poor soul. You've changed, Maggie. Don't know what you mean, Edith. Make way! Make way there! There's men coming out of the pit. They're carrying more bodies. Can you see who they are? Can you see Bill and Joe? It's hard. I, I think I think the one in front is your Bill. I, I can't see. Your eyes are better than mine. <gasps> it is! It is! Praise God! Bill! Bill! He, he's waving. Look. He, he's with the youngest Mr Brandlin. I can't see Joe. The always last one at the table. Uh, Only the Benz have had their fill. Can you see him? No. He might be above ground already. Bill, Bill, Mr Brandlin, have you seen... Oh. It's... It's bad news, I'm afraid, Edith. Please accept my deepest sympathies. No! Worked alongside me for four hours. Those we found took the wrong tunnel, blocked by a roof fall. If they'd gone the other way, might have stood a chance. Joe insisted on going ahead and clearing all the workings. He, it was after damp. It can't be. I'm sorry, Edith. Let me take you to your tombs. Not till I've said my piece. Joe knew the pit better than anyone else. He warned you, Mr Anderson. And I warned our employers. No, Anderson, you didn't. My brothers will back me up on this. You should have made yourself clearer. By the way, one of the men said just before the explosion, you ordered someone to retrieve a tool from the 10th fort. Is that correct? No. If he smoked, or just a strike of that tool could have caused the spark. I didn't order anyone. Are you sure? With no reference, you'll find your next job where? As you say, sir, I'm unsure. What is he? Your trained canary to change his tune so fast. Edith! I can assure you, Mrs Argyle, if there is fault, we will seek it out. Leave no stone unturned. We brandlings, of course, did our very best to prevent this unfortunate accident. Really? Really, Mr Brandlin? Wasn't enough, though, was it? Was it? 
Our men have candles while others have lamps. Pit us one shaft, not two. My jaw, all these men and bands dead. For what? Profit for the mighty Brandlands. Edith! I'm sorry for your loss, Edith. Joe was a brave man. He knew the dangers, and even when Tom was safe, he stayed. If it helps, I'll carry all their deaths with me for as long as I live. Now it helps. No. Well, good day, Mrs. Argyle. There's others who've been bereaved, and we must speak with them. Edith, where are your bairns? With their granny. With a new grandson, Mr. Anderson. I should be happy. Joe should be happy. Let's get you to your tombs. No. I'll make my own way, thank you, Mrs. Anderson. Start the way I mean to go on. That's a really sad story, Vanda. Aye, and it happened here. Follow me. Where are we going now? Back to the beginning and the end. 51 died, probably more later from the injuries. Two youngest, nine years old, about your age, Robbie. Nineteen women widowed and 44 bands with no dar. No dar? Like me? Aye. So was you right? The tenth board probably hit a fault and afterwards wasn't ventilated. So what caused the explosion? A build-up of gas, just guessing. Found a shovel in the tenth board. The authorities think Amina went back to collect it and his candle... Set it off? So were the Brandon put in jail? No, an inquest found it was accidental. The pit properly ventilated and if safety lamps had been used there'd have been no explosion. That doesn't sound right. Of course it doesn't, especially when they strongly recommended... No candles, so it wouldn't happen again. Clever lad. Remember James Mather, the wine merchant? Turned out he was interested in science formed a committee which published a report in 1841 about poor safety measures, recommended better ventilation and all pits to have at least two shafts to increase airflow through the workings. That was good, wasn't it, Granda? Made no difference. Most coal owners ignored the report too costly. So it happened again? And again and again. Wasn't until 1862... And the Hartley Pit disaster. 204 men and young lads lost. The government acted on Mather's report. That's terrible, Grandpa. Aye, it is. And that's why I'm giving you this old pocket watch, Bobby. You know your RGR girl, like your dad and me? Aye. Goes right back. It's Joseph Argyll. It's his watch. The one Tom gave him. Aye. Tom stopped the watch at nine in remembrance of that dreadful day. It's been passed down from father to son, just like the sailboat business. Your dad asked me to give it to you. It's yours. And so is Joe Argyle's story. You pass them on. Thanks, Grandad. Edith and Joe and Tom loved each other, didn't they? But they were glad they made up. All right, all right, I'll talk to you, ma'am. Yes! There's the memorial. One day we will rise from our black tombs, bands, lasses and lads. We band of maras will cast off our master's chains, seize the links which keep us down and hold us here. Slaves to Tommy Tokens, 
tied cottages and crosses on bonds of fear. Unshackled, our voices will ring out. Tell tales of rockfall, flames and flood, of cage plunge, explosive spark and greed, of silent death in dark. One day we will have voices schooled in rhetoric, and cool heads will argue our case. We will join together under one banner, form a union of minds. We have voices. We will rise and be heard! You can read the names out loud now, lad. Joseph Argyle, 45. Thomas Mould and John Scott. John Stevenson, Henry Lamb, 23. 26. Andrew William Stevenson, Henry Lamb, 21. 26. John Dinney, William Lamb, 25. 29. Thomas Alexander Horn, Faulkner, 57. Robert William Johnson, Johnson Ellison, 23. John Snowden, 25. Thomas Gibson, 14. Richard Gibson, 16. Thomas Elston, Benjamin Gibson, 53. Thomas Elston, Charles Gibson, 20. Matthew Gibson, 38. William Longstaff, Andrew Stevenson, 11. 21. Alexander John Scott, 48. Thomas Horn, 28. William John Hall, 16. William Ramshaw, George Hall, 23. 18. William Rogerson, William Hall, 21. James Ramson, 24. Thomas Dobson, 32. Henry Lamb, 26. William Lamb, 29. Joseph Argan, 45. This recording is dedicated to the memory of Richard Ridley Robinson. The tenth board was written by Lorna Wyndham. Andrew Ball played Tom Argyle and William Brantling. Enico Brock and Maura played Robbie Argyle and Bobby Calvert. David By played John Brandling. John Caffrey played Joe Argyle. Diane Gray played Bessie Burridan and Ada Longstaff. Keith Hemmer played Grandad Argyle and James Mather. Richard Ridley Robinson played Robert Brandling and George Hall. Michael Keane played Bill Anderson. Anne Ridley played Edith Argyle and Florrie Gibson. Lorna Wyndham played Gracie Argyle, Maggie Anderson and Liza Elstob. The music is Father and Sons and are meant for Hartley, played by Chris Ormston. Sound effects by Kevin Locke, Ben Hudson and Ben's grandchildren. Special thanks to Jimmy Cummings as Mining Technical Advisor, Tony Wilson, Director of the Original Script in Hand Performance, and Corinne Kilvington for Voice Tutoring, produced by Community Arts Project Northeast.